Hello, I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. On Christmas Eve, 1803, Jerome Bonaparte, 19-year-old brother of Napoleon, married Betsy Patterson, the Belle of Baltimore. Neither the Emperor of the French nor the Maryland nobility approved. The couple had fallen in love at first sight, but when he proposed, her parents had refused to give their consent. She had threatened to run away. They had sent her off to relatives in Virginia the night before the wedding. Finally, everyone reached an accord, and the suave, charming French officer married the rebellious young American who thought for herself and argued for women's rights. Social fireworks were not long in coming. Then as now, the French took the lead in daring fashions for women, and the fashion that very cold winter ran to gauzy, almost transparent, Empire-style gowns. Naturally, having married into the French ruling class, Betsy was among the first to sport such gowns on this side of the Atlantic. Her choice of venues could not have been more dramatic. Washington that season was the scene of numerous balls, one week at the Capitol, the next week in Georgetown. Everyone who was anyone attended, including the sharp-eyed and sharp-tongued Rosalie Steer Calvert, who quite naturally commented on what others were wearing. The clothes the women wear are extremely becoming, although some display a little too much. Among others, Madame Bonaparte, who wears dresses so transparent and tight that you can see her skin through them. No chemise at all. Mrs. Mary, the new English ambassadress, is very fat and covers only with fine lace two objects which could fill a fourth of a bushel. Another socialite, Margaret Baird Smith, concurred. I think it no harm to speak the truth. Madame Bonaparte has made a great noise here, and mobs of boys have crowded round her splendid equipage to see what I hope will not often be seen in this country, an almost naked woman. A climax of sorts came when Robert Smith, Thomas Jefferson's secretary of the Navy, held a ball at his house in Betsy's honor. Her appearance was such that it threw all the company into confusion, and no one dared look at her but by stealth, said one shocked guest. Rosalie Steer Calvert was also in attendance. Mrs. Bonaparte came to a dance given by Mr. Smith, wearing a dress so transparent that you could see the color and shape of her thighs and even more. Several ladies made a point of leaving the room, and one informed the bell that if she did not change her manner of dressing, she would never be asked anywhere again. The sight of the gloriously gowned Betsy inspired Thomas Law, Calvert's nephew and an amateur poet, to write several lines. I was at Mrs. Smith's last night, and highly gratified myself. Well, what of Madame Bonaparte? Why, she's a little whore at heart. Her lustful looks, her wanton air, her limbs revealed, her bosom bare, show her ill-suited for the life of a Colombian's modest wife. Wisely, she's chosen her proper line. She's formed for Jerome's concubine. Law took some of the men aside and regaled them with his poem. That was a mistake, for one of those who heard it was Colonel Aaron Burr, a man who liked to stir things up as routinely as other people stirred their tea. Burr eased himself to Betsy's side and pleasantly informed her that someone had written a very pretty verse paying tribute to her beauty. Naturally, she wanted to hear it and went looking for the poet, who fled to a corner and scribbled a second, more modest and forgettable poem before she found him. We'll never know precisely what happened to Thomas Law that evening, but the incident added greatly to Betsy's legend and became one more colorful episode in the story she would give the world in the years to come. ¶¶